that time again yes yes it is enough of the pleasantries <laughs> no there weren't even any pleasantries i used there was enough <sighs> finalized with these pleasantries we have a show to produce i will flap my pleasantries wherever i goddamn please he does too quite well flap your pleasantries <laughs> wherever you goddamn choose because he will uh, okay sorry. I was just watching a, a old bit of Conan, and this female comedian was uh, talking about her genitalia, mm-hmm. and she described it like that woman was talking about her cooch. Uh, like, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I was. My genitalia is like packing your suitcase sloppily. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. I, uh, like that, a macaroni uh, envelope. <laughs> a genitalia is sad. And floppy. Does that work if you uh, use a gym bag for said The packing? hairy delta, if you must. <laughs> That's terrifying. I don't know. I think if uh, you may be transgendered if you're packing a gym bag. Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to put it. Enough of this digression. Let's move on. Confuses me. Now I want. Now I want like pancakes. Okay. So I didn't tell, I didn't tell anybody I was doing this, but I decided that we're going to do things in a little bit different order today. All right. I figured we would open this big fancy can. Luckily for you, I'm Polish, so I'm used to that. I don't know what that means. Well, yeah. I, on, the, on the bottom of my shoe, I have to write toes in first, so I don't get confused. Toes in first. Jay, would you like to join us in opening this big fancy can? For oh, sure. Okay, will you go grab yourself a, a, uh, a mug out of the freezer? That way I can continue to talk about this oh, big sure. fancy can. That's right. Vominos! That's right, you glorious man. Go! Grab yourself a mug. Go! Or a glass. Or a thimble. Just have a line of thimbles in your freezer. I don't snort that line of thimbles. <laughs> this is how we party. I don't think I can keep that up all, all day. Just I, I hope not. Again, seems fitting considering we're talking about the model. Hi, a monk. Movie today. <laughs> okay, so a couple of things happened over the weekend. We actually uh, we had an event over at the uh, the the Worcester the uh, the Raven. 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 Um, Quoth it nevermore. Uh, we, we got to hang out with a bunch of bands that we've actually like actually uh, you know talked to on this on this set and we actually got to meet for the first time like actually in in person and in, in, in the uh, dudes from uh, Faced mm-hmm. uh, they came they came out and like hung out with us like from Albany New York 
awesome, awesome dudes. Like I love those guys. Oh, for sure. Like for those sure. are those are my those are my new best friends. <sighs> yeah, no, they're they're definitely they are. Sorry, bunch of cool dudes. But yeah, they they were great. They were awesome. They were like like and as far as, as far as actually being able to see them live. Like what energy? Oh yeah! Like awesome! Like the mm-hmm. the band is like tight. Very like, tight. They were they were great. Uh, Phil, the lead singer. I mean that that guy's a front man. Oh yeah, for sure. He hugged everyone at the end of the song. It's he crazy. Did. While they were playing. Interesting. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like his his outro. Yeah. It's like I'm gonna I'm gonna run around the floor and hug everybody that I can grab get my hands on. Luckily, Such he could have done everyone because there was a slow, slow amount of people. Well, I was gonna bring that up. I was gonna I was gonna talk about the thousands of people that were like pounding it down our door, but. That's okay. In metal front and the story for story from the days. <laughs> now, um, used to eat the audience. <laughs> so, Mr. Uh, Mr. Philip actually brought us a surprise when he came down because what he said was he cannot come down to a show hosted by heavy metal over a six pack and not bring them beer. The rule. Forgive me, I'm pouring. So, uh, so Philip from uh, Face over in uh, Albany, New York, actually brought us this. This is coming. This is coming from Indian Ladder Farms. Uh, they are a cidery and a brewery. Uh, this fabulous can that he brought us is called Recreational Eating. Which, after I met him, I thought the recreational part meant something else, but then I saw the Indian ladder farms thing, and I was like, oh, they're probably just actually talking about fresh food <laughs> kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah. So, being very excited that this somebody... This is brewed with ecstasy. <laughs> being very <laughs> excited. This is about <laughs> to become a totally different show. That we not only uh, get to uh, meet, like, one of the bands that we actually spoke to, like, over the air and uh, shared their stuff. And, like, actually, they actually came out and did, like, a show with us. And, like, we're, like, completely awesome dudes. They brought us fucking beer. So I figured it would only be fitting if we cracked open said beer. We talked about it. We gave it a rating. And then we moved on with our lives. Moving on. Hear that, everybody? Give us beer. Review it. Do it. I have one really stupid question right out of the gate. So is this a beer or is this a cider? I feel like it's kind it's of both. both. I think it's mixed. That's weird. I don't think it is. Phil, Phil's, Phil's probably listening to this episode that he's like, dude, these guys are stupid. I thought they actually rated this like professionally. Beer made with apples? It's almost like if cider had an IPA. Yeah. He, t- he actually showed me that this is going to jack us up. But no, I'm serious. It's literally a cider with like as an IPA. No, it's not like it's got like it's got like the frothy beer thing going on, but at mm-hmm. the same time it's kind of oh, it's got like a dry kickback. It's very on the tail. It's very end. interesting. It's uh, it's very hazy, very uh, very foggy. Mm-hmm. Can't see through it. That's for sure. When you first poured it, I thought it was cider. I, I mean, I judge by the apples on it. It's a cidery. It's got it, it's cidery, just under cider Cidere. color. I actually wish there was more information on this can now. That way, we didn't like sound stupid. But that's okay. We do that normally. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's okay. Like, if you've been listening to us this long, I mean, my God, we're stupid. What do you want us to do? Yeah, I got nothing. All right, so let's rate it. What do you think? See, I thought this would be fun because this is like, we just cracked the can open. Like, nobody knew I was going to do this first. We can't, like, get into it and, like, you know, discuss other things. I like its aroma. 
Like it's like it's I like feel like if I was drunk though, like I'd be confused. Mm, apples. That's not apples. Like, it's not a lot of information on this can. I have no idea what this is gonna do to us. It's like a blind taste test. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm my so feet might fall I'm off. I don't know. On the, the... It has great aroma. Was it just maybe? You're not like... just like a little bit worried because, like I said, we don't have, we have very little information other than Philip told me that this will fuck us up. That could be made with babies. We don't know. Yeah. I don't know if you meant that it would fuck one of us up if we drank the whole can because it's a big dude. It's, it's a, a quart. It's a quart. There's a quart in there. What's that? Two cups? Four cups? So nipples start burning. Or I haven't eaten today, so you'll find out. <laughs> he just passed. <laughs> oh, interesting. It'll be the gauge on how it hits you right off the rip. All right. All right. So Jay might die. Die? It's not whiskey. <laughs> That you know of. <laughs> that we know of. We have no idea of There's anything. No whiskey there in is that. no information. Trust me. Can. Trust me. There's no whiskey in that. All this can request is that we please recycle. Maybe uh, they actually killed, you know, like Jack Daniels himself and put him in there. We don't know that. Well, I mean, would actually, that be considered having actually, whiskey in it? Jack Daniels, he died from a horrible leg infection because he got mad and kicked his safe. Well, and that's what he got gets. injured. See? That's a true story. Well, that's what the radio commercial tells you. Very inappropriate. No, Connie went to the... Really? Yeah, is that actually, the story they tell? She actually went there. Huh. They show him his office. Did they, did the, they safe show is still, the safe is still in his office. <laughs> well, it's like, like, no, I heard the story. Like, I just not didn't a, know if that was the like, legit story. Yeah, they're like, there's not a great story of how he passed away. His he actually got still, mad one day. His kicked, foot's still stuck to it. Yeah, there's like no den where he... I would have glued the boot to it. the boot to it. There's like no den where he kicked it because it's a fucking safe. Well, it's a safe. Be realistic. Back in those days, they made those fuckers. Yeah. You know, wasn't a walk-in fucking fridge. No, <laughs> it's not like plastic with like a computer board on it. Yeah, like, no. This thing was, <laughs> this thing was fucking hot. iron metal. Uh. Okay, so I got some drinking to do, but I have um, I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm I'm gonna start at a four, and I reserve the right to change my number. Okay. By the end of this episode. What do you think? I might agree with you on the four. Ooh. Ooh, it's good. Ooh, I'd give it a four. It's wow, it's the non cool. the non beer drinker says four. This is a fucking victory, New York. Nice <laughs> yeah, job, right? Nice job. Uh, Philip from Face, thank you guys. Yes, thank you very much. Jordo from Face, thank you, dude. We got some cool guitars, man. It's not whiskey. I give it a four though. No, I, I mean, can you might. just pretend in your mind? It's got a beat. I can dance to it. That was the early edition of this episode's beer review. Goodbye. Goodbye. Heavy metal headlines. News. Y'all ready for some news? Meow, 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 meow. That, that's what I was ready for. Go there. It wasn't taking the Go where? Y'all ready for this? Then you're <laughs> supposed to do it, you jackass. Do what? Do what? Do what? The moment's gone. We digress. The moment's over. It's going to be digression for days, I think. You want to start? Bam, 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 bam. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, he went for it. That was like a stadium delay. What's a stadium delay? That's when you're delayed at the stadium, stupid. Uh, anyway. I always screw that up. <laughs> God damn it. Draft horses, they're getting in. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, right. So... We, so, no, I uh, have read. What you did? No, this. You read. It has pictures. <laughs> so, so I got. Do they pop up? <laughs> so far, we got. Depending Anthony on Red. how I angle the, you know. So far, we got Anthony read a picture book. Good night, moon.
Ooh. My favorite. Uh, so, yeah, I'm gonna actually. I'm just gonna read this, and then uh, I'll kind of get into what it's about. I think the little description or uh, biography of, of what it is. So, there's a, uh, a documentary coming out. Uh, Murder in the Front Row, the San Francisco Bay Area thrash metal story. In the early 1980s, a small group of dedicated Bay Area headbangers shunned the hard rock of MTV and Hollywood hairspray bands in favor of a more dangerous brand of metal that became known as... Anyone? Anyone? Healer. Thrash. Oh. That's the worst. Um... From the tape trending networks to the clubs to the record stores and fanzines? Probably said differently. Uh, director Adam Dubin reveals how the scene uh, matured the music and the music spawned a movement. Murder in the Front Row is told through powerful first-person testimony and stunning animation and photography. The film is a social study of a group of young people defying the odds and building something essentially for themselves. Featuring interviews from Metallica, Megadeth, Slayer, Anthrax, Exodus, Testament, Death Angel, Possessed, and many more. It is also narrated by Brian Poston. Guy from the Big, Big Bang with the beard. Yes. Okay. Yep. He sounds like he's in slow motion, so that'd be exciting. Yes. So yeah, uh, essentially it's going to be it's a, it's a thrash-based documentary with, with all different interviews, stuff like that. And, you know, I think the rest is pretty much going to be told, like I said, through photography. What I think is interesting is you can literally take that description and apply it to punk. You can apply it yeah, to Yeah, I mean, grunge. yeah. You can that's, literally take out all the names. Sure. The description of that. Sure. That is, is such a homogeneous. But I guess the, the Bay Area is actually, like, kind of where everything started, from what I understand. It's the San Francisco Bay Area, according to this. That's where a lot of the bands for the Thrash came from. It was a West Coast. Thing, yeah. Definitely. Like, well, that was where skating was coming out of. Right, right, right. Like, uh, lesser so new. So there is a trailer already out. So um, I'll have Marcus leave it below. Uh, it has over 50 interviews uh, with, with all the different bands and stuff that kind of talk about it. Um, and uh, the documentary, which is from Harold... Oyman and Brian Liu and stems from the 2012 photo journal book called Murder in the Front Row. Uh, so it will be April 20th uh, this year at the AMC Kabuki 8 in San Francisco. We are. Yeah, pretty much. So yeah, that could be interesting. Kind of exciting to see kind of our, our genre jump out. I mean, I, I feel like we're in an era now where we kind of like making all these movies about music okay but yes we are because you we have really bohemian are. well bohemian rhapsody kind of was like the last pebble holding the dam back yeah because um, you got uh, obviously the dirt you have the um what's his name oh my god uh, well i mean uh, think about the I amount think of, his name of, right of i mean just hip-hop alone why can't i think of his name the documentaries on netflix it's like the trend thing that's like going around though. Like the, these things like come in waves. Like all of a sudden, like you get like five, like five documentaries of like the '60s. Right. Like, well, we also have this thing now too, where it, because we're older and we notice it more, more readily, uh, that that the performers and artists that we grew up with are all dying. Elton John. That's right. 
I got that one coming out too. His final, 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 final farewell no, tour. No, it's, it's a movie. Like they actually have like a movie on him. That guy's gonna be like a hundred now. Ellen John. I think he's like seventy. Yeah. Well, I'm seventy. Dude, like what? Mick Jagger is pushing eighty something, isn't he? I'm sorry. Instagram posting. No, I mean, I mean that's pretty much everything it, t- it talks about. You know what I mean? So yeah. definitely something to keep an eye out for. He's 72 years old. You were correct in the 70s. I didn't mean to take it away from the. From no, 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 just, no, 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 no. If I found it interesting that if that literally you can describe that uh, that description of it, of course, at different times of, of music history. Hello, you could have used that. You could use that for the Beatles. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess technically. Uh, so I mean, the film isn't bogged down by music directly. Um, obviously, uh, Dubin, who's directed comedy specials for the likes of Lewis Black and whatever, um, so that's that's why we have the comedian and they kind of make it all kind of pretty. But they also said that um, he's, he 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 kind of uh, goes off and says like it's not like some kind of monster. Like it's not like that kind of documentary where it's you know he wasn't he wasn't well, he wasn't looking for drama essentially yeah. is the idea. Um, but so the uh, film premiere will also be followed by a performance from Metal Allegiance. Are we aware of who Metal Allegiance is? No, I feel like I've heard this name before, but I would be hard pressed. It's to their name. fifth anniversary tour. It's Alex Skolnick of Testament, Mike Portnoy of Dream Theater, yes, David okay. Elif, son of Megadeth. And Mark Meng- Meng- Menghi, which doesn't give me a band. Uh, with a multitude of metal legends playing sets that mix in original songs from, uh, with classic covers. Performance on Saturday, which is that, uh, also featured Gary Holt of Exodus slash Slayer. So they're yeah. going to do kind of a whole premiere thing with whole music nonsense behind it, which would be cool. It'd be a nice little event going on there. That's pretty much it for that one. Fantastic. We might have a uh, we might have a uh, lawsuit theme today, so I figured I would go over this lawsuit as well. I have more information regarding the uh, El Nino lawsuit. Yes. So, this is brought to us by MetalSucks.net. Great site. I love this site. These guys are actually pretty good. Irresponsible. But it's <laughs> the name of the site. It's all. Yeah, but I think they... I make it feel irresponsible. Yeah, it's like a play of words, though. These guys are actually really good. Maybe they just have straws that eat... I don't know. So in in episodes past, and uh, we we discussed this, but in January, we learned that New Jersey new metal band of El Nino has now split into two factions embroiled in a legal battle, which each claiming ownership of the band's name. One consisting of (laughs) longtime members, Dave Shavari. Oh, you weren't here for this one. No, he wasn't here for this one. We did did the, uh, the random news day. It was actually pretty fun. The drunk pig and shit. Yeah. It was like when yeah. fought a cow. Yeah. Good times. Um, anyway, so longtime members Dave Shabari, drums, uh, Lazaro Pina, bass, uh, Daniel Kuto, percussion, along with new singer Marcos Leal from uh, Shattered Sun, and new guitarist Jess uh, De Hoyas from uh, Sons Son of, of Texas. Texas, and Sal Dominguez, ex Upon a Burning Body. And the other, consisting of original singer Christian Machado, and guitarist Aru Luster and Diego Rudusco. Sorry if I butchered every one of those names. Uh, we didn't know a whole lot of specifics uh, regarding this agreement, but 
uh, Metal Sucks was very nice enough to actually read said deposition and actually put all of this in English for me so I did not have to read said... <laughs> in Spanish? Or they, they well, kind no, of, like, yeah, it's they, not like again, legal, legal mumbo-jumbo. So, um, and I quote Metal Sucks. We now know a whole lot more. Uh, Metal Sucks has obtained a copy of the 53-page complaint filed by Machado, Lester, and Verduzco against Shivari and Pina. Interestingly, Kudo is not named in the lawsuit. Uh, Kudo, if you remember, was, let me look back, the percussion. Yes, the original percussionist, I believe. But, <clears throat> I digress. As is often the case with American legal matters, the details of the dispute are kind of complicated, but the short version is this. Machado, Luster, and Verduzco allege that Shivari while acting as the band's manager, engaged in a lot of shady business dealings. These include, and I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eh, approximately, I'm going to call it under 10 bullet points. Ooh. So, he was a shady mofo. Shady business includes failing to pay several third parties, ranging from a tour bus rental company and a tour bus driver to their merch printing service to the band's recording engineer and sound mixer. A whole lot. So apparently he was uh, he was pocketing some cash, or you know, not, or maybe Let, didn't have well, the cash. I was cash. gonna say, let's move on. Maybe they like that's my question is is okay. He did that. Next well, bullet pocket it. <laughs> Next bullet point: keeping some. Oh, here we go. Keeping some or all of the money. Bands like Sunflower Dead, Extortia, yeah, paid in exchange for opening slots on Il Nino tours. A practice known as buying on. Right. Jesus Christ, you have to pay the headliner to be... Is that a thing? Soon. Shit. Probably if they're floating themselves. Dude, we've been paying money to play shitty shows. I can't imagine what it's going to cost <laughs> to pay a headliner. <laughs> um, but I guess... Uh, using... Okay, next bullet point. Using his status as Il Nino's manager to pressure those bands that had bought onto tours to pay for his personal expenses. What? So basically he was getting... Other I want bands. a fucking cheeseburger, monkey. Yeah, he was like... Cheeseburger, monkey? You over there. Buy me a cheeseburger. Can they sue someone for someone else? I feel like you can sue someone for anything. Like, yeah, but they're suing him for being a dick right now. Like, this third point, this is just being a dick. All right, next bullet point. Using his status as Nino's manager, there's a couple of these, uh, to convert a lucrative offer to sign with Minus Head Records into a deal for his other band, Terror Universal, instead. Hey. Again, yeah, a dick move. A drop that. Again, it's a dick move. I, I don't realize think it's illegal. He was the... Am I talking about the right person? That's the drummer, because the drummer is uh, Terror Universal. Okay, sure. Oh. Shavari was the drummer? I just know that the drummer from El Nino is it. Yes, I'm sorry, I'm yeah. sorry, I'm okay. sorry, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. Shavari was the drummer. Yes. Yep. I'm getting my facts mumbled. Thank you, New York beer. Um, at least that's what I'm blaming. There you go. Uh, got an excuse. So, yeah. You got, <laughs> you got, um, you got, you got, got himself a record deal. Uh, next bullet point. Using his status as El Nino's manager to scam the band into taking a financial loss while repaying a personal loan for himself. This guy sucks, man. Yes. So he had personal loans that he was paying off. He's getting himself like a couple of record deals, and like he's taking the money. He's making the bands that open for him on tour. <laughs> go do shady. Buy me a cheeseburger. Go, yeah, go. Like, let's go out back and get some rug and tug action going on here. More like El Ducho. Um. Okay. Next bullet point. 
just keeps going with the, the money, collecting and or spending band revenues without the other band members' knowledge or consent. Next bullet point, pocketing show guarantees and tour advances for himself, sometimes even canceling tours and then refusing to return the promoter's advance. Cool. Shit, I'm gonna have to do that too. As like a so. promoter, I have to like advance these people money. Maybe. Fuck, man. Just money flowing from nowhere to everywhere to be nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what this Welcome is. to America. What? <laughs> there you uh, go. Okay. Next bullet point: falsifying financial documents in order to keep tens of thousands of dollars for himself. <laughs> yeah. I don't think they can sue him for that. I think the government has to sue him for that. Last bullet point, refusing the band members their legally owed access to financial records. So, I'm going to say, all of this is about money. Yeah. Which, usually it is. So is this like that thing where if like you're in a band, and, and band people chime in, email us if you want to like give us some feedback. I'll read your email over an episode. You'd be the first. Will you stop making it wow. sound unpopular? I just want the to thousands, shame them. The thousands of emails. Shame them. The I'm th- shaming them. That's actually not true. Like, we get emails. We do. We just, yeah, we, we get emails. Just not responding to questions we ask. On the <laughs> right. If you, if you want to be But I actually wonder. Specific. <laughs> so, does this go to, like, that thing where it's not necessarily smart to have, like, one of your band members actually be the manager of said group? Like, do you need outside representation to... Keep all this shit at well, bay. I, I think mean, it's most smart bands, to have a, uh, a manager. You usually yeah, have a manager to kind of and even like a, a neutral party. Yeah, pretty much. Usually, when when you kind of like, oh well, me and you know the you know triangle player are gonna be fucking yeah. you know the head of the band. It's like, well, what about the other three members? Like, what do they get? Right. You kind of go over the heads a little bit. Yeah, no, this is an unfortunate, like, legal legal nonsense. The thing is, too, is jumbo. at what point, like, it, it, if he was doing all of these things, obviously they allowed him that much power, that much... Like, well, they just weren't paying attention. I mean, maybe. They're like, oh, yeah, just do whatever. But it sounds like he was involved in most of the decision-making, mm-hmm. like, right there. So if he was there to take the cash... Just to actually compound on that, this is not one of the bullet points, but... Um, they also claim that Shivari considered, but ultimately rejected, a buyout offer before illegally and un- unilaterally attempting to fire his bandmates. So this is one of those things that, like, this probably like went on and on and on and on. Like, and Lord, Lord knows, like, for what amount of time? Okay, I can just imagine. It's, it's one of those things. You put, what did, you put six, seven dudes in like a room. You're gonna have a conflicting opinion, like somewhere. Oh yeah. Obviously. And then when one person is like <laughs> responsible sure, sure. for all of your shit, and you're not getting your shit. And you find out that it's like, dude, you're making the fucking cover band go buy you cheeseburgers, you dickweed. Which, by the way, we're completely making up the cheeseburger part, but it's like more fun to talk about him making like right, lower right. bands like buy him cheeseburgers. I, I honestly, what's the idea, Crust? I, I get the impression that this is that these are all occurrences that happened well after the band was making a good amount of money. Um. So you, you know you know it's actually interesting because that's actually an interesting point because I don't think El Nino, El Nino. I mean they're well known, they're very popular. I don't here here in New England they are because of WAAF. AAF played the fuck out of El Nino. Well, there, and you go to any other where in this country and they're like El who? Well, other parts of the world too. Our friends in Tormenta actually had a El Nino tribute band. <clears throat> they're that's they're 
This is true. They're not a very well-known band. Right, so that's actually my point. They're not an A-list band by any means. So, like, what money that they actually have getting trafficked, I don't think they can necessarily afford somebody to, po to pocket ten, tens ah. of thousands of dollars for himself to cover his personal expenses. <clears throat> it's ultimately a shame because I actually, I love this band. I love their music. What this sounds like to me at the end of the day, this sounds like the preliminary struggle to see who's going to get the rights to their music. That's exactly what they're fighting yeah, for. Exactly. Because the, uh, they they like, want him out. Well, but there's the name, but then there's the rights to the music and who's making the money. And they kicked they kicked out the two they kicked out the, the, the original lead singer and guitarist and and drummer. I mean, you can't. Well, the drummer he's the one who started. Well, he's, well, yeah, uh, well, he's quote unquote I've manager. There's two of them. Yeah, he's yeah, quote unquote yeah. manager. Yeah. So, you pretty much kicked out the. I don't want to say the heart of said original band. Your backbone. But yeah, that's some shit, man. It's too bad. It really is because you know no one wants to. No, it, it just it's it's interesting. What I find interesting is like when we talked about the story prior too, is that like both halves are actually releasing music at El Nino. Oh, this is gonna be so great. To fucking El Nino. They were so good, though. They were so good. And they were great live, man. These guys, these yeah, guys had energy live. So we talk the, about energy live. So these were the guys. guano apes. So were, <laughs> you know. Dude, I am not going to compare it. And, the El Nino and honestly, live performance to the fucking one-hit wonder <laughs> guano yeah, apes. Actually, actually, the guano apes still tour around the world. So does El Nino. There's actually two of them now. Yeah, I was going to say, they can do twice <laughs> as much. They can do two places at once. We I, can play two venues at the same time. It surprises me how Take that, popular. Guano Apes. <laughs> it surprises me how popular the Guano Apes are outside of the US. Guano Apes. So random. <laughs> it, it was around the same time. Same, same, you know. Oh, it's so much better. And you got band like Drain SDH. It's completely different. Right. Guano Apes is completely different. From I'm going to move on what? to my story. Okay, he's, he's squashing us. He doesn't uh, want yeah, us to yeah. argue today. So, um... We're gonna stick with the legal nonsense. Uh, Why? It's fun. Uh, so Chris Fenn, also known as Dick Nose, of Slipknot, uh, oh, he man. is suing the rest of the band. I was like, they know my buddy. <laughs> my name at college. Um, so it did say. Uh, I think this this is from NME, which probably stands for something else. That I just don't know. This is uh, from March 22nd is when this was... Uh, what is it? NME? NME. Oh, uh, yeah, I can't remember what the, that means. Yeah. Uh, so NME, it was said, like, the, you know, that he parted ways and uh, actually Slipknot, like, this was, like, their quote was, Chris knows why he is no longer part of the... Um, so, yeah, no longer part of Slipknot. We are disappointed that he chose to point fingers and manufacture claims rather than doing what was necessary to continue to be part of Slipknot. Yeah, Chris, you know we you We would are. have preferred he not take the path that he has, but evolution in all things is a necessary, necessary part of life. You salty bitch. Now, really, with a name like Dick Nose, don't you think you'd point your Dick Nose and not your <laughs> I, fingers? I, I guess. For, for, yeah. Like, I think, and I, specifically, I think I'd be an asshole about it in, like, the court depositions. Like, read it back to me. Uh, the plaintiff pointed his Dick Nose at the defendant. <laughs> Overruled. Uh, so I object. Uh, a public court record of the lawsuit. <laughs> My ball nostrils. Um, 
which fi- uh, was filed on the 13th. Uh, it is available online. So I did actually look through said, you know, lawsuit, and that's all confusing as hell. There's 93, is it 90? Counselor Anthony, tell us. 89. <laughs> eight, 89 paragraphs of just things that I just like, cool. Yeah, yeah. sweet. Yeah, it's legal, like, legal yeah, mumbo. Legal now, mumbo. see, this is a legal lawsuit that actually means something. <laughs> So, I don't even know what it's about, but it's... Um, well, I don't want to read the goddamn deposition from the last one. The, the 53 uh, pages is right here. Do you want... Like, do, like, seriously. The suit has been filed against a number of parties, including two versions of Slipknot Incorporated, one in New York, one in California, not merch, and not... Uh, not I'm saying not as in like K-N-O-T, right. just to clarify. Uh, not touring LLCs. Uh, the band's business manager, Robert Shore, the, and current Slipknot members, Sean, which is a clown, and Corey Taylor. So, uh, Fenn is suing the defendants for two counts of breach of fiduciary duty. Is that sound right? Fiduciary? Yeah. Which, if no one knows what that means, I looked it up. It's an obligation to act in the best interest of another party. (laughs) For instance, a corporation's board member has a whatever duty to the shareholders, a trustee, blah, blah, blah. So, essentially, it's when you screw people over. And the other one is a breach of implied in fact contract. Which, if anyone doesn't know what the fuck that means, pretty much saying. You didn't agree to the fine print, homo. Pretty much. A contract implies homies. in fact is a true contract. I'm to say homies, not homo. I'm sorry. Um, blah, blah, blah. Beep. So, the claims that Slipknot welcome Fenn as a partner of the band's general partnership. Uh, which retained the rights to the trademarks of Slipknot when he joined in uh, 98. Although Fenn says that he reposed trust and confidence in the fidelity and integrity of both Taylor and Crayon to represent him and his other bandmates to operate the partnership. While the suit states that Fenn received a share of profits of the business of the Slipknot general partnership, quote, which includes a share of the profits from merchandise and touring, it later claims that he was never made aware of, quote, the business of, assets of, or operations of a number of Slipknot-related companies, which includes Slipknot Merchandising, LLC, Slipknot Touring, LLC, in both Slipknot New York and Slipknot California. I bet he cashed the checks. So essentially, he said that he alleges that Crane and Taylor and Shore betrayed the trust he had in them to run the business by setting up these companies without his knowledge or consent. The suit adds that Shore and his firm, quote, have acted in violation of their, I'm gonna, I hate this word, fiduciary fucking... Fiduciary. That one. That sounds like something you have when you eat too much Taco Bell. Your fiduciary responsibility. Uh, oh, to fend by favoring and enriching Crayon and Taylor at the expense and to the detriment of Fenn. So this essentially, be, I guess they... they this made, be they out of court. Kind of like... Had, like... How do you not know of Slipknot merchandising? That's the thing. Like, and of being Corey, in the, being like, in the, the band for 20 is, years, is, like, you would think. And it's not like Corey Taylor's doing it secretly. <laughs> he's pretty much made it into a... It's just a, weird. A, a, I don't know. He's made, he's made himself into a media machine. Yeah. Um, and that this is, this is my prediction for this, is this gets settled out of court, or... He uh, pushes it's pretty, it. It's pretty public at this point. He pushes that. it, and Corey Taylor, Taylor absolutely just obliterates him in court because right. Corey Taylor has way more fucking money than he does. Pretty much. So, kind of interesting. 
unfortunately with the new album coming out I mean he's been he's one of the original members so I mean it's kind of a, a shitty thing but I mean they'll buy him out of his contract I mean I'm sure that they'll do something they'll buy him out of his that. contract Corey Taylor won't, won't deal with that shit Tell me, man, I go back to that. You can't put, like, six, seven, eight people in, like, the room and get... Like, six, it's seven, so funny eight. because when you look at, like, the actual... This uh, sounds like there's something else going on underneath when you, everything. When you look at the actual, like, complaint and everything, and it says, like, plaintiff, just him, against, and it's got this fucking list of, like, Slipknot Incorporated, Slipknot Incorporated, not Merchant, SK Productions. I mean, it's just every this, possible... I mean, this one, one man army... This honestly like, reeks it's, I'm of sorry. something else going on. I'm sorry, but there's no way he can. I'm, there's no way. Like, all that behind them, no way. I'm sorry. Seeing as, as much music history as I have throughout my life, this reeks of I was going to be kicked out of the band for doing some shit. And this is my retaliatory strike before I can get kicked out. It's crazy. Something's going on. I'm sure. There always is. Drugs. There always something. is. It'll be interesting to see where it goes if it goes anywhere. I mean, like, who knows? It might disappear, at, at, and then whatever happens. Well, the happens. thing is, is at this point, with with a, a such a prolific name, that's money in the bank. Right? Why rock the boat? Yeah. Like, why rock the boat? Like, it seems kind of a weird, like, a nitpicky thing, I guess. I don't. Want, I mean, I don't want to sound. You know, inappropriate about it, but I mean, like, really? It, like, ju- it, 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 it just sounds like there's something else going on. Uh, and I'm sure there is. This oh. is far more speculative as opposed to the El Nino where it's like he was just a douchebag. Right. Well, we'll Good. see what happens. Slipknot's self-titled album turns 20 years old. That's this I mean, year. yeah. That's fucked. 98. Damn. What the hell happened to my childhood? childhood. What? <laughs> Fuck off. 20 years ago. <laughs> oh, God. I was four years out of high school. 98? <laughs> I was uh-huh. seven. Fuck off. Uh, I was a sophomore. I was listening to a whole, yeah, that's right, right? whole yeah. lot of 90s so I graduated in 02. indie yeah. music. I would see these guys live as a snot face teenager. Tripping out of Log Bazooka on Mushrooms. How do you? Actually, no, that wasn't the Slipknot show. That was a, that was the one after. We don't have to talk about that. <laughs> Moving on. That's when Banana started. Okay, fun story. You know those fruit stands that they have, like with like the smoothies and like whatnot. Sure. So he had like the big pile of like fresh fruit. I actually like went over and I asked him, "Can I have that banana?" And the guy's like, "No, no, I can't give you the, I can't give you the double He just tossed it over to me, and I just like took it and ran away. So he completely ignored what he was saying to you and still had. Yeah, he was trying to like put like like there was a camera on him. Like he had to like like he was at like a casino and he had to like not deal me the card. So while the cameras, he says no 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 no. Yes, I don't see how that helped the camera. Well, like he was like mixing the drink and he grabbed it, tossed it like all like indiscreetly. There's always money in the banana stand. (laughs) (laughs) My my buddy Brad, his sister called me Banana Boy like for the rest of our life. There's like much. Five, six people listening to us right now that are laughing their ass off right now at that banana, banana stand. <laughs> I run banana stand. There's like I five or six people right now money. that are pissed off because they asked that guy for a fresh banana. It's like, dude, I just want some fresh fruit. This concert blows. 
I feel like I'm going to die. And the guy's like, no. And you pick the, the fruit with the least amount of water in it. That's fine. <laughs> it's potassium. It's energy. I mean, I guess. But anyway, I won't digress any longer. <laughs> my next story. Three-fourths of Machine Heads burn my eyes lineup to reunite for a 25th anniversary tour. That's I'm glad you clarified that with lineup. Because I thought you were saying that they burned your eyes. Yeah, so <laughs> good call. So three-fourths of Machine Heads. It's like burn. the comma. You know, you're um, in the right spot. Joining guitarist vocalist Rob Flynn and bassist Jared McEachran will be returning members Logan Mader and Chris Contos. Didn't they just have a semi-fallout where they all left? Well, what they like did semi recently, right? No, I'm serious. <laughs> that's like, the thing. Yeah, it's so weird. We, I feel like we talked about this like last yeah, week. That's like, what oh, I mean. Machine Heads like breaking up, and now yeah. like six months later, they're so like, weird. oh, hey, we got this 25th anniversary thing. You want to get in on this? And they're like, yes. <laughs> they probably were like, shit, that's a bad time. Like. <laughs> Oh, yeah. We'll do it after. Yeah, yeah. However, America. Oh, their manager went, <laughs> You dumb motherfuckers. Yeah, hello. So far, only two dates have been leaked, and they're both in Italy. That makes sense. Of course it is. Shrezo, Sulada. Shows are happening, man. Live Club and Padova Hall. Yeah, where those are. Screw all you. the amazing metal festivals are all in Europe. Burn my, uh, Burn my Eyes was released in 1994. And By Johnson and Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> ah. No more tears. Ah, still considered to be one of the one with no more tears. <laughs> yeah, right. Still considered to be one of Beautiful. the most important albums of the genre, garnering the band an unprecedented level of recognition and spawning a myriad of imitators, all just for Machine Head's first record. Interesting. I remember them being that prolific on radio. It's a sneaky good radio. Well, they weren't. I wouldn't say they were. I wouldn't say that they were prolific on radio until um, Burning Red came out. Yeah. But Burn That's My Eyes, I knew who they were. Burn just, My Eyes, killer, yeah. killer, killer CD, killer tracks. Awesome, awesome. I was in a different place musically when they came out. Um, and the banana stand. That's where you were. Yeah. Just getting some money. Mm-hmm. Those frozen bananas. I couldn't even do it. <laughs> so the... the ne- <laughs> yeah, the never-ending... My roll is broken. The, the never-ending uh, string of uh, anniversary albums, which also this year, fun fact, I think I've mentioned this before, but it's it's the um, Constellations 10-year yeah, anniversary uh, tour from August Burns Red, man. Yep, it is. White Watch, Mariana's Trench, live. Great song. Well, I don't think I've ever heard Mariana's Trench live. Uh, it's always if I did, White Wash is always, the, I think it's well, like White, one of the only... Well, well White Wash is like a thing. Like, the White yeah. Wash, like, the, you, you, you fuck shit up. White Wash starts, you go fuck shit up. I remember yeah, they opened with White Wash. We're at the goddamn House of Blues. They opened with that I shit. That. And and I saw the beer. I'm like, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. But Mariana's Trench, I don't. Fan girl. I I do not believe I've ever heard Mariana's Trench live. Or if I did, I was at the bottom of a pile somewhere, and I, I was not Help. able to. Picking up people's hats and phones. I'd be kicking the back of the head constantly. And fun fact, I keep I always say this, but it's only like it's, it's only seventy five bucks for like the VIP ticket, which I I want to go like total fanboy. And just gonna get like a couple pictures taken, a few autographs, and just say, seventy-five for a VIP. That's not bad. That's pretty good. You get to meet the band, you get a couple I mean, photos, you get some fuck. merch. Yeah, seventy-five. That's like a sweatshirt. Like, <laughs> to be honest with you, right? Like, yeah, no joke. Right? Yeah. Like I mean, you're gonna drop that kind of cash on swag, anyways. Right. If you get it for free and get to hang out with them, yeah, hell yeah. Well, the thing is too Going is on. well, yeah, but they're also relying on they're gonna give you like a t-shirt, maybe a lanyard, like a little all-access pass. Like maybe something a little. Yeah, I'll, take a, I'll take it. Then you're gonna go out and you're gonna spend 150 fucking dollars <laughs> yeah, right. at the merch booth because they were the coolest dudes ever in that background. Oh, so much. Okay. 
one shirt. That's all that's in my budget for any show that I've ever done. <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. I usually. It's like I what? have been there before, but then I've like had such a great time that I've gone up. I'm like, I'm gonna get a t-shirt, and then I walk back. I'm like, I got like four bumper stickers. I got like the unreleased CD, uh-huh. the hoodie. The, I'm like, I don't yeah, know what bro. happened, man. The show was great, and I got up there, and their words were all, <laughs> and it was two for twenty-five. I came and took my baby. That's how they get you. Taking babies. Yeah. So my assumption is, I um, my assumption is they are gonna release like more dates I'm for this. Sure. I don't, I don't believe it's those are be, quote like, unquote too, leaked. But those are the leaked dates. Even though oh, the um, the tickets the go on sale this that. Friday, so I'm concerned that they have not leaked the rest of said tour dates. But mm. it could just be seeing uh, how sales go. Yeah. If no one shows up, then it just be like, oh, and it then didn't the, happen. Like if they sell out, the plus mar- these two the dates are, will jump on these it. two dates are in October, October twenty fifth and twenty sixth. Like, Jesus Christ! Like what the? <laughs> yeah, but I think everybody's I mean, like confused. It's like we thought you guys quit. What happened? What's going on? You celebrate then, which means people are already out celebrating. So these guys Halloween. quit. Rob it's Flynn hires like all their replacements, so they're all just sitting in like a room right now. Like we can't go in this tour. Fuck. <laughs> right. I want my check. I want my royalties, bitch. Yeah. Pretty much. All right. That's it. That's I'm good. Anything else? No. We got this last one we could talk about if you want. Should we talk about this one? Do. The Krang story? Krang from Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Turtles? Static X reveal oh, mass touring no. vocalists announced North American Static and X European and tour. Not all in one. Yeah, more. All yeah, of the whatever. 90s. Here yeah, you go. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. Let's just pile them on. So, this is... And I believe we talked about this in previous episodes. So we this did was a originally bit. supposed to be kind of like a, uh, was it a tour or a one-off? I think it was a tour. It's it was, a tour, yeah. Yeah, it was supposed to be a tour that was actually like to, in dedication of two things. One, it was a 25th anniversary of Wisconsin District. And it was supposed to be a tribute to uh, Wayne, Wayne, Static. Wayne Static. So now what they've actually turned it into. So Slim Jim. Yeah. I actually, off air, I actually proposed this to uh, Anthony. He's like, I wonder how this is actually going to get received, like, kind of a thing. But now, like, the more I think about it, they must be doing a North American European tour because the response to the original idea was, like, so huge. They're like, well, let's just go. Um, A link, a link to news link, the, uh, the, the kind of creepy part about this whole thing is, like, they... They put the uh, the new their new frontman who has not been announced by name, but they put him in a mask. Vividly Roth. So they ma- they masked him. The yeah. mask is it looks like very creepily like Wayne Static. It's got the hair and it's everything. Got the gnarly it's hair. So weird. Yeah, but it's, it's so got, weird. It's got like a zombie whited out kind yeah. of like feel like kind of like a fit like a Phantom of an Opera mask with like the Wayne Static hair. Yeah, it's so weird because when I, when they were showing the posters and stuff like I, you can it showed and I was like don't tell me they're gonna do that. It's kind of weird. Don't do that. You know what I mean? It's just no, you if you want to get a bunch of different bands and tribute them, play some of their yeah, songs, like that's one thing. But don't like mask them and make them like dude up as the undead Wayne Static. Yeah, that's what I mean. Don't don't like yeah, like, puppet them almost. You know what I mean? It's weird. The uh, the news link that I'm actually gonna like link to this so you'll be able to go back it actually has a recorded video of like a like a newly recorded. Um, Sorry, what song did they do? Oh, Blood for Days. There's a newly yep. recorded version of Blood for Days, one of my personal faves. I mean, hell, if you're going to go that far, like, look into the technology that does the hologram of right. a fucking dead person. Uh, see, I'm like, not, I see, That's the like, way to me, too. But still. But like, I, I, I see the connection. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. 
Like, if you're going to do that. If you're going to, like, remake them, reanimate them, like, kind of. I'm actually going to pay for, homage to him. For, like, the, for the for huge it. Static X fans, like, I actually wonder, like, what the response to something like that is. Like, so, I think but, I mean, it. you're you're kind of taking a guy and, like, you're putting him as your front man. Just to, like, put this in perspective. You're taking a dude and putting him as your front man. You're not naming him. He's not getting any credit, like, whatsoever for being, like, himself kind of a thing. But... He's there to honor, like, wait, like, wait, it, it kind of reminds me of, like, when Drowning Pool, I think I saw Drowning Pool after they, after they lost, and his name's going to escape me, but after they lost it, oh, yeah, yeah, his yeah, lead yeah. singer, that guy is, like, a walking tribute to him, though, like, anytime they play anything off of the original, like, he would actually, like, kind of, like, preface it with, well, like, talking about how, oh, he loved playing the song for, like, Tearing Away was, like, a huge one, he's like, dude, I know, like, he's up there, like, up there, like, in a better place, like singing this with us and blah blah blah. I think what was interesting, Johnny Pool, when that happened, was um, like they had just signed the deal to do was it uh, music on the Daredevil soundtrack, I think, and Rob Zombie, John Dave Williams, Williams. Dave Williams, thank you. Um, and like they worked with Rob Zombie for a little while, and so I wonder if. Having worked with him, like a veteran in the in the industry, so soon after that their lead passed away, if that kind of helped them push through. Yeah. Because you usually don't get that kind of attention. Right. Like. So what's actually really neat about this tour that they have actually have coming up? So the tour dates are in North America, the UK, Europe, and uh, their openers include and like they actually went. Pretty much right back to the 90s, man. Like Devil Driver, Dope, Wednesday 13, Soil. I like Wednesday 13. Um, Weird because well, my first ever show. I saw Static X, and Dope was like the the opener. Like they like they were just like nobodies back then. Which so I just, uh, I just think dope. it's like so cool and like dope. Devil, yeah, Devil dope, Driver. I know. Dope and orgy. I know. I know. Break your fingers, break your neck. That one. I know what's his face in Devil Driver from like the old days, Cold like Chamber. Cold Chamber, man. Like Cold mm. Chamber was like the Cold Chamber, dude. That that's that's the balls right there, dude. You want to go like some old school like big truck, <laughs> big truck, <laughs> do, 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 do. truck. Does you want to start with a T? You want to hit R some starts with a CH. You want to hit some open fucking E notes for days, <laughs> man. You listen to some old school Cold Chamber, dude. Yeah. That shit was awesome. Good but Good you know it's it's interesting because you know it's nostalgic. I always love Static X. Like Static mm-hmm. X, I think like they were they were to me they were always unique. They kind of did their own thing. Same thing. Saw them live a bunch of times. Like whole bunch of energy. Like yeah, I don't know. It could be, it'll be interesting. To see. That's all I have to say about that. Might hit this one up. I I don't know. I feel like I might have to hit this one up. I have to save some money. Eat cash. HMOA. 6PACK Patreon Patreon Dollar a month If a thousand of you Give us a dollar a month We're awesome Yeah (laughs) Do it We'll do wicked cool shit Out there Uh huh We'll get a banana Play real music (laughs) Alrighty Main event time Heavy Metal Wrestling Talk Podcast All right, so I think this is actually the first time in our, like all three of us are actually going to do a movie review because like we feel like something actually came out that was actually worth one our attention, two our review, and three our critique and discussion and whatnot. We all decided to sit down and watch the dirt. Now we did not mm-hmm. watch it together. 
I looked. I stood outside and I was like, "Oh, look at that dirt." Not the soil. So that's wait. That's not what we're doing. So the oh. you're screwed. I have samples and everything. <laughs> God damn it! Check the pH. We yelled at for the holes in the yard. Great. So all the uh, all the rock and roll films that have actually been getting released, whether it be the uh, Bohemian Rhapsody, the um, the Star is Born. Or Elton John is coming out soon. The Elton John one is coming sir, out soon. Sorry, Sir Elton John. Motley you know, crew. you wait till the dragon shows up, and then they're like, fucking Paul McCartney, Elton John, they get all these people. All right, guys, you got the night thing. Go fucking fight it. And they're like, oh, so I am. For the record, the Spice Girls are all knights. Beautiful. <laughs> they can be like Voltron and just form in the different, like. <laughs> See, and that's where my brain went. I was <laughs> like, like a giant. Yeah, I've watched this movie. <laughs> it's old. <laughs> That's else, what they should make. Does anybody else never want to talk about a night again now? <laughs> Jesus Christ. Beautiful. Sorry, we, we digress. <laughs> Continue. I can't now. I'm done. I'm, not, I'm, I'm out. I can't <laughs> pop. We pissed him off with British royalty. <laughs> His American sensibilities uh-huh. can't take uh-huh. it. All right, so anyway, we we um we decided to watch The Dirt, the, uh, the story of Motley Crue. As supposedly said by Motley Crue. Now, the, the the dirt is actually a book as well. Yes. Yes. Which after the I saw the movie, after I saw the movie, I'm actually kind of sad I didn't have time to read the book prior. Because mm. I, I actually feel like mm-hmm. if I read the book prior, like the movie would have been either better or worse. But well, I'm actually may, gonna. It may have I'm, been ruined too. I'm actually gonna go back and I'm gonna read the book because like they had some really fun stories and like I've been actually trying to do like some cross-referencing to like do like all the fact-checking kind of thing. Like Bohemian Rhapsody as it, for example was like based on a true story but that's why I say based. Obviously they, they that... arrange it in a way yeah. to make it aesthetically pleasing to the, to the eye of the theater. Which was interesting about The Dirt because at one point like or at several points they stop and like one of the characters would look turns at the, to the camera. That's the part that I love. This didn't happen, right? It, and specifically, it was like when they met their um, when they met their manager yeah. in that at, in that party. It's like this never happened. He never yeah. came to the shithole. This never happened. And like or, that was, was yeah. There was like two managers. There was one. It's like, well, this guy, unfortunately, we cut him out of the movie. Yeah. And which was, and they say something like, which was too bad because he's a really fucking cool guy. Yeah. yeah and it's yeah. weird. But so. We're gonna open the table. We're gonna actually, we're gonna actually discuss a movie about rock and roll. Now, I want to throw this out, and all the people I've talked to who've watched it, I did not know that Vince Neil's daughter passed away from cancer. I didn't, I didn't know that oh, either. I, I had even, no idea. I told, I, Con- I told Connie, I was like, I was I heartbroken. No I was yes. heartbroken. I absolutely hey, heartbroken. If you grew up with this shit, mm-hmm. like this entire situation was fucked. Like no you're idea. like a teenager following this on TV, going. Like, yeah, you're expecting Motley Crue to, like, fucking go down in flames and shit, but, like, shit got real. Yeah. Like, you're like, that so, might have been the, that no, was, maybe, like, maybe between you, overdoses maybe, and... Maybe you can help me on this then. So the part, obviously, where uh, Nikki Six dies in the, you know, he quote-unquote dies, you know, kicks out my heart. Oh, we know hospital. how the whole song thing. Now, I noticed that on... Now, I don't know if it's the same what actually happened but it showed like the TV the news were like oh Nikki Six has passed away oh MTV he wasn't even in the the, the ambulance yet and it just said that yeah. he's dead like yeah, did he, that actually no no happen? they reported he dead okay he so that oh, was yeah. actually as soon oh, no, as no it was reported Nikki Six was dead okay I just feel like it's weird that they reported him dead before he got in the oh van. no no well I mean it was MTV news Those were, that was the hype okay, of MTV so just, news yeah. okay like 
Um, I just yeah, that to give you perspective <laughs> on how, <laughs> how quick MTV News moved. Um, Dude, they had I people at those parties like slashers, well, like shooting slash, quote unquote. Well, I that saw Aerosmith and Skid Row. Mm -hmm. And I saw Skid Row. Uh, that was the concert probably of Sebastian Bach's biggest show. Sure. Just because Even though he's a prick. he threw a bottle into the crowd yeah. and it broke. Like, it was huge. But that's what they're known for. Right on the like right it was money. in Springfield. By the time I got home after the show in Lemonster, MTV News had already reported on really? it. I was like, I was just there, man! <laughs> Holy <Yeah>! shit! <laughs> so yeah, they moved fast. Like they were keeping tabs on all the I'm telling you, the they metal. had people at I the know, party like I, shooting heroin. I'm, surp <laughs> oh, I'm surprised I mean, they didn't play Kickstart My Heart during that scene <laughs> because that's how the song was created. That's exactly where it comes from. I will, before we get further, what I will say is this is easily the most glossed over Hollywood presentable tale of Motley Crue that you could present. And bringing back to what we said off air, Mick Mars is God. Mick <laughs> Mars is the shit. Um, he just followed him around. What, what I mentioned to my buddy Jeff. Afterwards, I said, what I think is, not necessarily ironic, but what I think is funny about this movie is, is you watch it, you go, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. This stuff probably pales in comparison to well, the they, really they, horrible Nikki shit. Nikki Six even said that he's like, we like, left out the really bad stuff. Yeah. Like, like we got the the big parts. I mean, obviously, they threw the, the scene where, where Vince Neil killed. Right. Yeah. And that was like, I remember that as a kid. I was like, yeah, that was, that was a big, big. And that was another thing that hit MTV so quick. I'm sure. Like, but the um, thing is, dude, that was a, that was a creepy scene too. Like everything they did with like Vince Neil's character, like the, the, uh, the accident scene where the guy's like, I can see the pretty lights. Yeah. It's like it's Christmas. Christmas. He's fucking oh, dead. He's fucking Oh, for the record, dead. spoilers ahead. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. If you haven't, if you haven't watched the movie and you don't want us to talk about it, you should Go watch the movie and then come back. Come but back. the thing is, when, you, when you're in a situation like this, like you see him in the car and you're like, "This is it." You're just waiting for it. Oh yeah, because you know it's gonna yeah. happen. It's like, and Ugh. you know they didn't try to pull any kind of weird trick or anything like yeah. that. Like, it, it, like I kept waiting for the shock, the jolt, yeah. the scare, but it, it like it was almost natural, like because you know it's coming. Yeah. So they almost they they like showed you that. Yeah. Like it, like, yep, it, it here was. It is. It was a very, it was it was a good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. No, it was it, it was entertaining. Yeah. Believe me. I noticed that they made Tommy Lee very stupid. Like they in, made him stupid. Well, you, you know or, what I mean? Is, well, is he that much of an airhead? I, I don't think he's I don't an think airhead he's as much bad. as he's just like whatever. I don't think right. he gives a shit. But they made him like an airhead, well, like a clapping monkey. Like, <laughs> they actually kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's they actually like, kind of talked about that at right. the beginning of the movie. They were saying it. It's like, well, like, you know, Tom, Tommy's like a, that hopeless romantic. Right. He like, fell in love he, with everyone. Like, like, he's the only one who grew up with a well, normal family. You know, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry. Heather Locklear to Pam and, Anderson. I'd probably fall in love with everybody fucking too. And then he then he punches <laughs> he punches girlfriend in the face. Well, she deserved it. Which they definitely threw that I, on I, it. I never, I never condone a man hitting a woman, but she sucked. He also, he also, well, she also banged Nikki Six like an hour before, or like thirty seconds before well, that they met the, her parents. Well, that's why they did that. They but then again, that. Tommy Lee also went to jail for like what six months for for abusing Pam Lee. I think, it, well, uh, yeah, yeah, well, that's, he's, he's aggressive. Again, they, think, they avoided a lot of stuff. I, I think the the female, the the 
sexual component of Motley Crue can be best be summed up in the one line in the movie. Never leave your girlfriend alone with Motley Crue. That was a great line. Like, for the real fucker. I didn't learn until like years later years and it later, hurt real bad. And it hurt real bad. <laughs> I did find out years later. <laughs> and it hurt real bad. So because I'm a maniacal fuck, I, uh, I actually have a fact-checking Motley Crue's Netflix movie, The Dirt, in front of me. Apparently that never actually happened. They did not hit their a lot of it record labels. Yeah. Um, but we can get further into this but I I thought presentation wise like the fact that like they had they kind of made like the biopic I mean I know a lot of like how they it met it was the Hollywood like, story of a lot Molly of how Kirk. they met was like rearranged and organized like a little bit they kicked like, Nikki, the Nikki, Nikki Six actually saw Tommy yes. Lee in concert yeah he went to when go he see played, Tommy Lee in when concert. he played for Sweet 19 it right. wasn't the other way around right. like dude we were just at this concert that's fucking Nikki Six right there yeah um, like, so I know that was kind of like backwards. They didn't meet Vince Neil at a backyard party, yeah. but he was a cover band. He wasn't a cover yes. band. I do. Yeah. He wasn't a cover band. So, I mean, I know stuff gets like rearranged, but I thought they did like a really good job of like putting like the right amount of comedy. Mm-hmm. Oh sure. Oh yeah. The no, right amount of like I said, it was very the weird cameos. Yep. Like the cameos. David Lee Roth. Uh, the David Lee Roth part and the Ozzy Osbourne part. Will stand out to you. I remember. I, I, I knew about the like, Aussie part where he peed and everything, and he looked it up because they they did, they actually did a gross off. Nikki Six and Aussie had a gross oh, off I where they just 100%. for like weeks just so, did like gross shit to each other, like to see who would win. Like, so I'll actually refer to hell of a drill. It's amazing. <laughs> the article that I actually chose to read off of actually came from like Rolling Stone, like with all the fact checking and whatnot, and like in a couple opening paragraphs they were actually talking about. It. It's like so they they were discussing this and like. They were saying, like, how a lot of things were portrayed, like, differently, and they said, it's like, I don't remember any of this stuff happening. Ozzy Osbourne was one of the ones. Does not remember this actually happening, <laughs> the scene where he was, like, snorting ants. But he's like, at the same time, I was blackout drunk for a lot of that time. <laughs> so Rolling Stone actually said, how can we believe any of these guys? Right. Like, if the stories are true or not true, they have no idea. Uh, like, I want to I wanna jump on that board, too. So I read a thing about Nikki Six hey, was that when he watched it, or he kind of saw the movie after, um, the part with his, his mom and stuff, like, that's all true. You know, she, aban- well, yeah, right. she abandoned him. He didn't leave, like he said, because he was like a runaway. But she said that his grandparents were actually there all the time for him. Right. Like, he wasn't just, like, on his own. Yeah, he wasn't. Like, he actually, yeah. yeah. And their manager was not fired, apparently, because he reunited him with his mother at the hotel. Yep. Oh, no, no, like, you... Yeah. I never got the impression that he was fired at all. Like, in the movie, watching it, even knowing what I knew, like, when you're fired, I was like, oh, that wasn't a serious moment in the movie. Like, it was supposed to illustrate Nikki's issues, not fire the manager. Just an anger. Like, outlash. you have a feeling just by the look on his face in the movie. Like, he's like, I'm not taking you seriously. Right? Like, the cool thing about the movie was, though, and what I thought was actually like really key the fact that like all the original members of the band actually sat down and did these interviews oh, sure. and like actually mm-hmm. gave these gave these stories like, oh, dude, there was this one time, like, blah, blah, blah. And there's this one time, and like I, I thought it was like authenticated, like when they showed the actual band members, like in the back of like a limo, like on camera. It's like, oh, dude, we picked up him, like, yeah. and, like 
Like that, that, that well, was the like, credit stuff they kind of did like the comparison. With, yeah, like, oh the god, yeah, stuff, which is cool. That was great. And I thought it was a nice touch that like when they actually like after like their reunion, it was like their actual real life manager that was like knocking on like the dressing mm-hmm. room doors, like calling them out, like that they had. Yep. I, it was su- it was such an entertaining movie. It was like one of those things like it just grabbed you like initially. It's like oh dude, this is great. This it, is, it was just it, it was, was well it, told. It was very they, they did a, they did a really good job. Of it it's like movie. it's one of those things like you want all of it to be true except for like the horribly sad parts. Like what if like, Vince Neil did? Yeah. Man. Like, and and most of that shit's true. Yeah. Like that that all that shit. The thing is, is when everything all that shit happened with his daughter and stuff. Dude, that they my- were all disconnected. Nobody fucking knew. Yeah. Like you had no fucking clue. Like it just. Boom, one day, Vince Neil's daughter died. Like, nobody had a fucking clue right. what was going on. Like, so all of a sudden, you're like... That scene was tough, man. Like, I was mentally hurting. Dirt, dirt. I was like, I didn't know that. It's like, I, I, was I, like, I, I like didn't... the cancer thing, I was like, okay, well, maybe, you know, maybe we fixed or whatever. But then, like, it you wasn't. Know, I was like... Right when uh-oh. they presented it, the oh. fact that they were in the hospital, I knew. I was like, holy fuck, his daughter's going to die? They're going to kill the little girl? And the whole... Oh man, the way that they set that up, it's like it's like don't let them cut. Oh my, like I yeah. swear to God, if when my, you look if at, my born child ever told me, it's like don't let them. I, I, when you like, look at each individual member of Molly Crew, each one is a fucked up tale, in unto on its own. Mm-hmm, true. Okay, putting it all together, mm-hmm. um, is just a a you, you wonder how, and they even say it like we're still alive. Like, how the fuck did we all survive? Now, I didn't know that Vince Neil was replaced for a time yeah, either. I didn't know that was... A really, really dark moment in Molly history. Yeah. Well, I, I had no idea. Oh, it was terrible. It didn't last long. I clearly... It didn't last long. It didn't even, so, they didn't even say who it was. They just had some guy with, like, that weird... That dopey-ass look yeah. on his face. So, like, they didn't even specify. I was like, I was like that's okay, all they're going to do. Are huh? they just not going right. to give a name? Like, yeah. okay, cool. With that actually being said, I mean, there's... um. This article that I actually pulled up from Rolling Stone, there's actually 14 points, so maybe we can actually go yeah. over like a few of these because like this is actually going to hit like a couple, couple of these points. So number one, we already talked about this one. Tommy Lee's first encounter with Nikki Six is a little bit off. It was kind of like in reverse. Yeah. Nikki Six actually went to a show and saw Tommy Lee, thought that he'd be a fit for the band, and um, it, it was a group uh, Sweet 19 that Six had seen him in concert and found very impressive. And they met at a Denny's specifically to talk about forming a new band, which they kind of portrayed yeah, it that way. Of. They just they just kind of like mix they up the facts it. like a little bit. So number two, it erases their original lead singer from history altogether. So, and I'll read verbatim: When Molly Crew first went into the studio to record their earliest demos, Vince Neil wasn't yet their singer. It was fellow named. It was a fellow named Odine Peterson. Who, according to Tommy Lee, had a voice somewhere between Ian Asbury of the Cult and Klaus Mine of the Scorpions, but Nikki didn't like his attitude, and Mick Myers thought he was a hippie. I wonder if that was the guitar thing. I'm, then I'm thinking that was which the was guy. basically a death sentence for a member of for the for a member of Motley Crue. They threw him out, and history has basically forgotten that he ever existed. So that must have been what they did with the guitar yeah. part then, because well, that I mean, original he guy. pointed out as a hippie. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. You know what I mean? That's yeah. a very good point. But There's they never, for one they didn't portray him. Out. They didn't portray him as this lead singer, though. No, but I, but I bet that was like the the, the jab at it. Yeah, I, I'm Easily. thinking that, that's how I took it. Yeah, like he was obvious. Like he he had a Vince Neil look. 
he was obviously mm-hmm. supposed to have that right. feel. It's of, funny how they, they actually word this out. Like, they threw him out in history. He's basically forgotten that he ever existed. This movie actually does the same thing. So it's just kind of like... <laughs> all right. Point, counterpoint. I mean... All right, point number three was they didn't meet Vince Neil at a backyard party. Yeah, as we, we discussed. I'll, uh, I'll read this one real quick verbatim. When uh, Neil first came on screen in the dirty singing Billy Squire's My Kind of Lover at a backyard party while the woman up front go insane for him. And while he was in a cover band back then, the first meeting took place at the Starwood in West Hollywood. Neil avoided the band for a lot longer than the movie suggests, as they had to basically stalk him for weeks before he even agreed to initial jam session, and they did not play Livewire at their first jam beca- jam session because Nikki had not, hadn't written the song yet. I was going because I was going to ask him like I don't think that's one of their first songs. It can't be. It was one of their first songs that wasn't like yeah. All right, point number four, uh, Tom Zutat from the. Uh, Electra Records did not sign them that did not sign them that easily. Um, in the movie, and again verbatim, in the movie version, Motley Crue story, a young A&R rep from Electra signs the band after talking with them for about thirty seconds at the bar. The only thing that slows the process down is the woman under the table trying to give him a surprise blowjob. Surprise, motherfucker! In real life, the band created their own label, Leth- Leather Records. Leather spelled L-E-A-T-H-U-R with the two course, dots above the U. Solely to put it's out up. their solely to put out their own music before they ever met Zutat. Um, when he initially approached the band, they were extremely suspicious and made him buy them many free meals throughout a long courtship. They were also accepting offers from Virgin. Zutat did eventually sign them to the lecture, but it took a lot more than a quick hello at a bar. Hmm. Uh, number five, Doc McGee didn't meet them, meet the band at their apartment. We're going back to the manager, did not but punch said, that dude. Why, why bring that up? Like, why'd they bring that up if they didn't, if, like, they mention it? Well, they're just, they're debunking, I just find the, it interesting. They're debunking the facts, but like they, uh, and to not read verbatim, the movie even said, this didn't happen. Yeah. They never came to the shithole. Do you think that Mick Mars actually, like, made the, the name? Because yeah. in the movie he did. Yeah. It wasn't debunked. And it wasn't foreskin, so yeah. that's fine. <clears throat> Out of all of them, sounds like a McMahon. I mean, he move. seems like, I mean, not even seems. We know he's the most level headed yeah. at all oh, of yeah. them. He's an alien, well, so obviously we understand the, that. You gotta think about it. The man's a bassist. His job is to vibrate. He's things. not a bassist. Nikki Six was a bassist. No, wait. Oh, yeah. that's right. Nick Mars is a guitarist. So, so he's a guitarist. Plays guitar. It's all vibration. His bones hurt. Every time he does anything, it hurts. So the man is literally up there in pain playing. I understand why he had a bottle of vodka all the time. That was his, his drug of choice. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did. Lo- I loved his demeanor. Like the whole. Oh, episode. he was <laughs> awesome. Like, Rick Mars was the shit. It's like, come on, drummer. Like you're all. It's like a robot. It's like a robot. It's like very monotone. Like, don't you all think that like these girls that you're fucking fuck every band that like come through here? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like you guys are stupid. It just are, are you in the band? What band? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Point number six. Vince Neil didn't didn't have sex with Tom Zutan's girlfriend backstage at the forum. And I'll read verbatim. Minutes before the movie version of Motley Crue take the stage at the Forum in Los Angeles, Neil has sex with Zutan's date in his dressing room as her leopard skin bikini rests on the door handle. First off, they did... Well, that, that wasn't Tom. That was... Uh, okay. So, 
first off, is a vis- it was a record label. Yeah, yeah, not Tom. No, but he's Tom's his Tom. Nikki mm-hmm. Six sleeps with Tommy Lee. Correct. Okay. No, Tom Zutant is the record Oh, I'm label so guy. sorry. Right. I thought you meant Tommy. I apologize. Yeah, that's right. That, yeah, I just no, you're to... good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so no, no. first off, they didn't even play the forum until 1985, and this appears to be sometime in 1983. But Vince did have sex with Zutant's girlfriend that year, <laughs> and she was wearing a leopard skin bikini. All right. So it happened. Okay, wait a minute. It just so it did happen. But it happened, it happened at the U.S. festival, not the forum. Oh. I didn't even read this part. I thought it never happened. Like, yeah. I, I completely debunked this whole story until this. Okay, so... Because he even says that he, he knew about it. And he but it happened at the U.S. Fe- it all makes sense now. Mm-hmm. And it was after the show, not before. Movie Zutant says it hurt really bad when he learned about it years later, but real-life Zutant said that the woman didn't mean anything to him, and he found the incident more amusing than heartbreaking. But it did, like you said before, lead to the one of the best lines in the oh, movie. God, yeah. Do not leave your girlfriend with Motley Crue. They will fuck her. Never leave your girlfriend alone with Motley Crue. <laughs> Number seven, Tommy didn't meet Heather Locklear the night of Vince's car accident. So in the movie. It probably just, that. it kind of. Well, it, it made bit. sense. Yeah. Like it was a. Yeah. So Lee meets Heather, Heather Locklear at a house party the night. Um, in the movie, Lee meets Heather Locklear at a house party party the night of Neil's drunken car crash that killed um, Hanoi Record Rock's drummer. Good God, I'm so sorry. Nicholas Razzle Dingley. They actually met backstage at an REO Speedwagon concert after his accountant introduced them. The movie does get right, however. Much less romantic than obviously. The the movie does get right, however, that he initially confused her with Heather Thomas from The Fall Guy. Did she confuse him with, uh, what was it? That guy you saw on MTV. No, she picked a band. Yeah, I can't remember. I want to say the Scorpions, but I could be wrong. I thought she just said, you're like that. Yes, she does say, I'm sorry, yes. She's like, you're that guy I see on MTV. Scorpions, right? He's just like, oh. kind of like a, like a backfire. Yeah, yeah. All right, point number eight. Uh, John Karabi has the ability to speak. So this is the replacement singer. Because I guess like there was like a whole thing about how like how the movie like portrayed him to be like a giggling idiot mm-hmm. kind of thing, but he can actually he actually has words, but nobody gives a shit about him. He sang, I, like I heard him. It wasn't Motley Crue. Karabi is played by Anthony Vincent. That's weird. In the movie, that's almost my name. He's an actual heavy metal singer, best known for his 10 second song series. Is that who that is? Yes. No shit. No shit. That makes sense there. That's why I threw that in there. That's a fun uh, fact. That is a fun fact. Okay, number nine, securing the rights to their publishing was much more difficult than portrayed. Like I was going to um, so Todd serves as the physical embodiment of the entire electoral label in the dirt. In the movie, he meets Six at the bar shortly before Neil rejoins the band and tells him that the label is giving him back all the rights to his publishing. This actually happened in 1998 after Generation Swine tanked and the only following, and only following a long, nasty battle of the label had Sylvia Roan. By this point, Zutai had left the lecture for Geffen and had no involvement in any of this. So it wasn't as right. romantic yep. as... And Geffen was dying at the time anyways. Yep. I actually did like the part where he was like, dude, the Beatles don't even own the rights of their songs. Right. Yep. Because that's fucking true. And like, Nikki Six is like, well, they should! <laughs> yeah, they got a little yeah. jab in at the music uh-huh, industry. Uh-huh. Kind of talk about this one, number 10. They, did, they didn't they did actually fire Doc McGee over an incident with Nikki, Nikki's estranged yeah, we mother. We talked about that, yeah. Um, I right, never mind. 
I was trying to actually find like the real reason, but you know, I'll link this read it yourself. Number eleven, Mick Myers didn't actually get his hip replacement surgery until two thousand four. So they, they kind of they made it look like it was before, like before the reunion, and like he gets out of the wheelchair, like all trying Let's yep. go get our drummer or singer. Let's go get our singer. I'm sorry. Um, number twelve, the re- the reunion with Vince Neil was much, much, much more complicated. I'll read sure. this. I'll read this one actually verbatim, because you know the Vince Neil story and all of this is obviously like really huge. Um, movie Vince Neil seems to spend his entire post Motley Crue life sitting in the same bar. There's not even a hint that he had tried to launch a solo career. When it the guys show up at the bar after getting Mick from the hospital ten years in the future, they sit down and hash out a reunion over drinks and make some sobby amends. The whole thing wasn't even remotely that simple or sweet. The band wanted to make another record with Karabi and only met with Neil very reluctantly at the urging of their managers. They actually met up with him at a Hyatt with a team of lawyers and managers around them. It was extremely tense, but Neil eventually agreed to stop by the studio and hear them in progress record. record. Karabi was still involved at that point and briefly thought That's he'd remain as a second guitarist. <laughs> But that made little sense, and he was quickly pushed out. Okay, so number thirteen, the whole Pamela thirteen. Uh, oh my God, the whole Pamela Anderson thing happened. This is actually a really good paragraph. Lee married Baywatch actress Pamela Anderson in 1995 after knowing her for just four days. Like I said, the the uh, she always she did the thing where she went over to uh, he went over to her at a bar, and she said this line. I would fuck any drummer. I'd marry that shit too. <laughs> so yeah. I don't care what you photographed. They had two children. There was a sex tape. He was arrested for assaulting her and spent six months in prison. They divorced in '98. She accused him of giving her hepatitis C. <laughs> all of his, all of this insanity got about ten thousand times more attention. You know what I said than when anything the band did in the '90s. But there's not even a single mention of her name in the movie. Lee is shown punching his girlfriend on t- on a tour bus in the 80s after she repeatedly calls him his mother a cunt and stabs him in the shoulder with a bang. I'm wondering if Pamela kind of was like, no. I wonder oh, if that was well, her. The thing is, I wonder if that's what happened between her, him and her and like that whole girl that they, on they, the they tour had bus. To, like, they would have had to pay her money. They would have had to like... Um, it just... The, that entire thing is, is just interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, the last bullet point, and I actually read this one to you, but I'm going to read this on air, and I'm going to read this for everybody. The, the nine years between 96 and 2005 isn't some amorphous blob of time. And I read verbatim. <clears throat> the movie cuts straight from a tearful group hug at the fictional Vince Neil Bar reunion right to their real-life manager, Alan Kovac, playing himself, knocking on all their dressing room doors shortly before a big arena concert. It is implied that this is right after Vince rejoined, but they're basically in their 2005 reunion tour outfits. There's no mention of 1997's Generation Swine, Tommy quitting the band in 1999, 2000's new tattoo, the death of a replacement drummer Randy Costillo in 2002, and the band's decision to go on a hiatus that same year. It's somehow 1996, 2005, and all the points in between all at once, but at least, this is my favorite line of this whole, thing but at least it doesn't show them writing we will rock you in the 80s <laughs> this article hates 
Bohemian Rhapsody. Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> Clearly. So, well, so, the, uh, so nobody liked Tommy Lee's, you know, hip hop album. His solo stuff wasn't bad. Tommy Lee did Methods of Mayhem. Like I'm not, I'm not crazy. His solo about stuff that. wasn't bad. It just wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> I was overproduced as hell. Now I'm curious, and and I picked this out when I was watching. I don't know if anyone else noticed. When after Vince got out of rehab, um, you see Tommy Lee, you know, fishing and Kelly, whatever, um, on the piano, doing the intro to oh, home, um, yeah. home Sweet Home. Home Sweet Home. I'm wondering if he actually wrote it. He might write the tune. I never like showed any of that, but it showed him playing it on the piano. Well, that I came think- out. That came out the album that Vince Neil hated. Yeah. In the movie. He's like, this album sucks. Which, honestly, when they came back, when it was their big comeback and Vince Neil rejoined, mm-hmm. they had a, uh, um, a live version of Home Sweet Home. And it was like, it went nuts. It was like their best selling, mm-hmm. like, people went apeshit for it. That's one of the and most it was popular like, ones. Radio So friendly. much so that, like, if you didn't realize ballad. it had come out before, you right. thought it was a new song. Right, no, for sure. That's a power mm. ballad. It was just the. They were only that was one of their, their only power ballads, but that I mean, that was kinda, their song that brought them back in. Well, like, they got them back. I, in. I don't want to use it, but it went mainstream. Yeah, you know what I mean. I was well, like, I oh, mean, hey, you know. They looked at Metallica and went, "Hey, <laughs> they make money. Do that." So overall, I mean, as far as like a based on like a true story, I mean, I personally, I I, I thought the movie was great. No, it was very it good. Was, it, it was, was very good. it was fun to watch. I agree. It's like it's like all the crazy like antics and shit like that actually happened. The you, hotel they're you, running around. You actually want that to be true because it's like, dude, that's that's like you know what you would envision like rock stars to be. The part in the hotel where he's running from the cops, that's true. Yeah, that's a true thing. Yeah, it wasn't debunked. Oh yeah, no, I'm just saying. We haven't debunked that. I debunked all my 14 points are gone, man. <laughs> oh, the re- the, as far as I'm concerned, the rest of it's true. Mic drop. Dropping and stuff like I said, I part. don't think it was as bad. Can you as actually imagine if like really Nikki Six was like hit up with so much heroin, he had to take two shots in the heart to like wake up, and he's like, "Holy fuck!" <laughs> and then he went home and shot up again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, didn't he go back to the party? Like, like right after that, didn't he? He actually escaped the the ambulance, didn't he? Like, holy fucking shit. I'm pretty sure. Like, he actually got... He escaped the ambulance and went back to the party. But, you know, that's that's a cool guy to, like, actually listen to. Like, he, um... I, I can't remember what radio program he's on, but I found him... He had, a uh, like, a female co-host, and, like, he, he's a... He's a he's a cool, like, down-to-earth, like, dude. Yeah. I actually like 6 a.m. Like, that's yeah, a, I did. That's a cool band. Have you read the book at all? Have okay. you read any of the Heroin Diaries? I haven't, but I want to. I It'd really be interesting do. It's too. one. Of, it's one of those things. Like I, I don't sit down long enough to like read, no, read and whatnot. But I'm about to go on vacation. I'm about to go. I'm about to go on vacation like in a couple of weeks, and I feel like when I'm on the beach in like Florida, get your get your 30 day trial membership to Audible. There you go. Yeah, right. I'm downloading like, a bunch of them. Just yeah. re-sign up for Amazon Prime <laughs> or yeah. something for like 30 days with a new email address, bunch of burner accounts. Yep. Just keep getting my. But I, uh, I don't know. These old school rock stars, man, like they, they get a place like. Let's right put it this way: you couldn't do any of that nowadays. Oh, well, God. that's why. Can you just imagine what it's like, right? Like nowadays, like backstage, like we're all like, like texting somebody else. Or, like, <laughs> it's like it's probably well, really boring. That's why I brought it up earlier. We're when you were like, oh yeah, and the show ended, and the lead singer he was hugging people and stuff, and I was like, 
Yeah, your heavy metal of today is not the same heavy metal I grew no. up with. Like completely, the head, the lead singer did not go into the audience and hug people. <laughs> I've never seen it. He I, went I, into I, the audience and took your girlfriend to the back. It's so funny how this like they're on a plane and this, they're just like a, a stewardess just handing out cocaine. I'm like, is that a thing? <laughs> it's like, hmm. All right. It's all about. Yeah. It's. It, the amount of fake like, cocaine that de- consumed that in that movie was like, ridiculous. The actual perception no, of like what people think hap- happens in like no weed though, which is weird. It's all cocaine. That, see, they're not weed. Like it, it's Motley Crue. It's man. all about you crazy. Don't dull them. Yeah, you want yeah. them like ah. But like that whole movie was like the whole perception of like what like it's like to be a rock star. Like this is what happens, man. It's like sex, the sex, drugs, and rock and roll thing. Like that's exactly like what they depicted. And Motley Crue is the quintessential, picture perfect image and idea you have, having grown up in the '80s, of what it means to party like a rock star. Well, I think that's what they wanted to Motley point Crue out too. Motley Crue is party show. like a rock star. Like. Party like rock star. See Motley Crue. Right. Like. So, so my so, question, I, I, have, I have a question to, to end this all. Yep. Now, if they were gonna make a, a new uh, movie like this, oh. what what band do you think they could do it with? What band do I want to see, or what band do I think would be popular? Well, and like, actually, like everybody. Would what know. band do you think would? this would go well with do you think they have enough behind them to kind of you know what I mean you can't I say you do the Nirvana Foo Fighters okay hmm but you cut it like you cut it right after the Foo Fighters like start obviously yeah, it'll, be, it'll be like the end yeah, yeah, yeah of yeah. course there was a movie about but all of them are documentary like like oh, you want you want oh, yeah. just like I, 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 no, 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 you're right, you're right, you're Hollywood right. Hollywood film. That's interesting because like, like we I haven't just had a Kurt Cobain story. I, I actually just saw like all kinds of uh, like Kurt Cobain in like interviews, and I saw a lot of interviews that just makes him like look like a bunch of nonsense, man. Like he like coming up with his name. It's like oh, he's not like a really cool word, man. I don't know. I thought, but that'd be yeah. Uh, I say if we're gonna go that route, that's that's where we're progressing to. Guns and Roses is probably next, and the next progression. You know, it's a, the, chronologically. Then we hit to that Toronto. point though. Like Dave Grohl's movies now we know coming out like sometime this year. The Chris Cornell movie is gonna be made. I that's about that that's actually gonna be so, a good, that's gonna be a good one too. I forget who's gonna play him. They have an actor. I forget who it is though. Brad Pitt's involved in that. Sometimes. So yeah, he's, he's part honestly of it. like. If I don't think he's acting in it. I no. think he's actually just like helping with like. If the you're play. thinking about doing a dramatized version of Nirvana like that, now's the time to hit. Oh, like, that's, a, that's a loaded question, man. Like I, I'm like, like whacking my brain right now trying to think of this. I've had all day to think about it because I thought if it works. I mean, what would you come up with? I would. I think Aerosmith. I think they have They're a lot. They're still alive, uh, though. Oh, yeah, well, that's fine. So it was... Yeah, but there's nothing on... He's got a good point, man. There's nothing on Aerosmith. Yeah, but since, like, 92, it's, like... I don't know. There's a lot of jumping around with all the different members. So I think they could have something with it. I don't think it's interesting enough. Honestly. Potato, potato. Bunch of, bunch of Boston people doing Boston accents. While they do drugs. 
walk around on Newberry Street. Yep. Yep. I mean, if you if you go to like a bunch of like the subgenres, so like, there's a lot of like acts that like have been out for years and years and years. You can take like a Cradle of Filth and like now, the, how about the, the, the creation Zeppelin. of like. You could do Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I hate Led Zeppelin. But that's a story right for the picking. It might be, but I just hate them. Like, arguably the greatest rock and roll band of all time. I'm not saying they are, but that biopic. Could do a Pantera one. That biopic would sell. Well, I think they should do a Pantera one. But if they're going to do a Pantera one, they have to do it in the style. Because they're running out of members. They better hurry up. They have to do it in the style. (laughs) Well, what they're doing is they're waiting for all the members to die off. They don't have to pay the royalties. Yeah, 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 exactly. (laughs) Bill Anselmo's like, no, no. They could do an ACDC one. They could definitely do an ACDC one. That'd be a good thing. But I think they're waiting for the whole... Paid somebody to kill my wife thing to die down. Yeah, with the drummer. Yeah. He did that too. <laughs> the drummer. Yeah. Yeah. That was like what, last year, yeah. the year before. Well, I, I was mean, like, oh no. You know what? You could also do Van Halen. Yeah. yeah. You know, with the whole Sammy Hagar jump too, and yeah, that's a little more. Uh, I think there's some some more butt hurt feelings on that. People that could actually sue. Yeah. I think Sammy Hagar would sue the shit out of him. Probably. You know, it might be a little bit soon, and I mean, I actually don't know how interesting the story would be. But if you want to actually go like the, like the more drama end of it, like a Chester Bennington, who has like such that a will, like, you know that will be coming. I'm sure. But like, is like such a like like his family life. Like he's does he have like nine kids or something? Like, I think like eight or nine. I mean, at the very children. least, there's there's a documentary. So he has like the family yeah. life and like the whole the whole thing. I mean that. Like it, like I say, like as far as the uh, the drama side of it, I mean that would probably be. I, I may not like Lincoln Park. I understand the impact that they had on music and at the time. So sure. they, being as big as they were and as influential, um, it's a matter of time before you get a. That's interesting. That, that, that was that's an interesting question. That was that was just, that was good. My money's on Nirvana. You have an entire generation now in their 40s who everyone's made up their mind. We, Did Courtney do it? Didn't she? We okay. could actually... So now we do a dramatization. Right. We just put the story out there. You make your own decision. Sure. I don't, don't want to get... I don't go want, one way or the other. I wouldn't, want to, I wouldn't want to spoil like a ton of topics, but I mean, we could actually probably like set aside a whole episode about how I'm actually sick of the uh, Nirvana dramatic thing because like some of the so stuff that I've seen I, some of the stuff that I've seen makes Kurt Hammett uh, k- the fuck Kurt, Kurt Cobain <laughs> oh my god <laughs> hold on not editing it Jay I'm not editing it I'll that's, leave, I'll that's leave a my testament to the New York beer there you go my, <laughs> my, my we're still in the same episode my 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 Kurt Cobain tolerance after some of the the, the interviews that I've actually like seen like aired and I've been looking I think I've told you guys this before. I've been listening to this other podcast. Your favorite band yeah. sucks. Nice. And I actually listened to the Nirvana one. Oh, it's so great. So great. I was not a fan of Nirvana when they first came out. It took years for me to mm-hmm. like actually like, appreciate them. Some of the stuff that I've seen, like I'm actually tired of glorifying this dude. I just want the whole issue done with. Like, there's nothing we could do to change it. So it's I said, done. if we if we want, like we can talk about doing like future episodes, and like we can. Glorify or rip apart Nirvana as much as we wish, but we are 30 years later. He 
California State Police, whatever local they're California the one, police, mean, they're the ones they who found fucked it up. no wrongdoing. They, they fucked it up, mind you. We can't change this. I'm actually with the, the guys from the podcast. Your favorite band sucks. I'm actually with these guys. Nirvana would not be iconic if he didn't die. I had that argument at once. It did not go well. <laughs> it did not go well. But to be continued, maybe someday. Episode 102. Return of Kurt Cobain. Ah! <laughs> Great, now I have to change my pants. All right, so. We might be up against the clock because I just looked at what time it was. Mm-hmm. Should we should we rate should we should we offer ratings for movies for movie reviews? Yeah, what the hell not? Did you do one for Bohemian? I don't remember. Okay. I was probably drinking. We can uh, we can we can readdress that. So we have a very classic rating system. It's one to six. So as far as rock and roll biopics, I'd give it a five. It was entertaining. Like I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. You know. It wasn't I'm the best thing in the world, but six, strictly because it was just very entertaining. I, I didn't unenjoy it, but I had little nitpicking things, and that's where I stopped. So I'll give it five and a half. Five point five. I right. enjoyed it, dude. I laughed. I cried. I wanted things to be true. I'm like, oh god, please be, the, please let this story part be true. But like seriously, like there was a whole kinds of emotions like this movie, like. That part about the daughter like really kicked me in the nuts. It really did. Like the, I'm like, so this, is I didn't expect for, it. this is interesting for me to see as someone who knew right. everything that was coming. Like to find out that there were people who didn't know that that's what happened. And if Vince Neil actually told that story like to heart, he was very private about it. And his daughter actually told him, "Don't let them cut me." Oh, that was a rough scene. Dude. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah. that was a scene. Like, if that actually fucking happened, I was like, ouch. And he actually shared that with the world. I'll give this a six, just because of that. That was uh. If he actually, if he actually told the people that did the interview, dude, I got in this car accident and I was actually talking to my friend. I actually kind of believe that story. Like, and I mean, he's telling me, look I mean, at the. He was like, like just waking up too. I mean, yeah. I'm sure he wasn't well, he all was there. Fucked up. That too. I'm sure. That yeah. Like, look at the pretty Christmas lights, and then they like shoot the reality. This dude's like a like bloody fully, fucking yeah. mess, yeah. and they dead, like gone. Man. Like, that's the part that like gets me, dude. Like you're laughing at this movie, then all of a sudden like that happens. Like what? And that's that was Motley Crue for you. It's uh, like I what? Mean, Wait, what? what? That's why I give it as re- the rating as high as mm-hmm. I do. And. Like, because that it, they captured Molly Crew, it's like, yeah, oh shit, ah, yeah, oh shit, oh fuck, <laughs> like, that was Molly Crew. And not to go like crazy deep, I mean, that's the stuff that I was able to like relate to. Like, I mean, we had crazy friends, man. Like, I've I've had, I've actually had two friends that died in like tragic car accidents. One of which, the guy who was actually driving said car survived, passenger didn't. Like he went bit like this. Like there's so much stuff that it's like, holy, like yeah. It's yeah. like fucking weebly cheebly, yeah, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm close, man. I'm, a, I'm, I'm. As do far it. as like, do, me- it. do it, do it. I'm doing it. Six. Give it the six that I didn't. I'm doing. It. I'm giving it the six. Nice. I'm in. I'm in. Because I loved it. It was great. It was a great flick. It was, it was awesome. I love the fact that they're releasing this shit on Netflix, and we mm-hmm. don't have to wait for it to like go through like movie right. theaters. My like, nitpicking that keeps me from giving it the extra twenty-five. I'm starting to, enjoy, I'm starting to embrace perfection. 
There's also a lot of boobs in it, so. Okay, they start the movie <laughs> I was gonna say, out yeah, they, uh... with Tommy Lee going down on a chick and making her squirt across the room. Yes. That's how they start the movie out. I forgot about you that. know what you're getting into in the first three minutes of that yeah. movie. Okay, does that actually happen, though? Like, does it actually spray that far? I, I've never been with a squirter. I'm going to keep moving. We should, we should just keep going. Yeah. <laughs> right, that being said, any final thoughts for the people? That wasn't debunked in your 14, so obviously, yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. All right. <laughs> Rolling Stone upholds squirting theory. <laughs> we. Rolling <laughs> Stone. Sorry. <clears throat> I told you that's where this episode was going. <laughs> Rolling Stone talked to girl. She does spray. It, it, she identifies as a sprinkler, so it's fine. <laughs> Pinpoint actually hit that cameraman. Guys, thank you very much as always for checking us out. As always, we have all like the venues like go um, hit us up. Uh, directly email HMOA6PACK at gmail.com. We love feedback. We love questions. If you have a band, like submit your music there. If you want to actually get on a show, whether it be over the uh, airways. I get hiccups like some crazy. I'm so sorry. I'm trying to I'm trying to like suppress them to like get through this. But if you have a band you actually want to talk to us like live, we'd be awesome to like either get you in the studio or actually over the phone. We'll share your tunes. Like so, like hit us up via like the email. Um, we have our uh, webpage hmoa six p a c k dot podomatic p o d o m a t i c dot net, and that's like uh, that's like our hub for like all of our all of our stuff. The blog is up. The uh, beer reviews are all listed there. The featured artists that are definitely worth like checking out are all going to be like listed there. Anybody that we've ever, um, mostly everybody that we've actually featured like on the show are, are going to be like presented there, so you can actually get direct links to like their stuff directly. Uh, we don't share their music on our website. We want you to go to them and actually like go to their outlets. Uh, Podomatic.com forward slash HMOA six P A C K. If you want to um, do be a, be a contributor, keep the show alive. Uh, your your generous donations will like uh, keep us uh, working for products, keep us going to uh, future like festivals. I feel like PBS right now. Setting up events. Albo says donate. It'll keep us alive. I mean, if you if you enjoy the show, I mean, we're we're here through 2019. Mm-hmm. Keep us through 2020, 2021, 22. And moving forward, we love doing this for you. We want, we hope you love what we do for you. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I got nothing else. All right, cool. All right, like, share, listen, repeat. Oh, sorry. Follow us on the Facebook. I'm sorry, the <laughs> social medias. Four slash HMOA six P A C K. Only if you want to. No, notice of no. Fucking do it. <laughs> My God, everybody's friends with everybody, likes everything that they fucking see. Go fucking like us on Facebook. You know what? This world of social media, man, we have to goddamn freaking represent. We can be found on Twitter and Instagram at HMOA6PACK. And even more importantly, any of the bands that we feature, present to you, go like these bands because there's some Mm -hmm. talented shit out there. True story. It's true. Very true. Talented, talented shit, and it needs to be shared. Like, listen, repeat. 
Oh, and send us beer. Beer. Aim for the cameras, ladies. Yeah, if we book you for a show, we want beer now. We want you to be able to hit the camera then. And with that, goodbye. Goodbye. That is the end of this episode. Another fun-filled day in the world of heavy metal over a six-pack. This is Anthony, Marcus, and Jay signing off. See you next time.